Well, the last half hour, we talked a bit about new Statistics Canada numbers today out on police-reported crime. Keep in mind, these are crimes reported to police, which are often uh, just a fraction of what really goes on out there, specifically for certain kinds of crimes like sexual assault, which we were just talking about in the last half hour. We've seen a big jump in sexual assault uh at least reports to police uh, over the last couple of years, the highest since 1996, um, highest since 1996, according to uh, StatsCan uh, in 2021. Uh, so that was a, a, a big jump. Uh, it's also happened with hate crimes. Now, that's something we've been talking about a lot in the last few years, specifically uh, right after the pandemic began. We noticed and we started reporting about a big jump in hate crimes and a wide variety of groups again have been sounding the alarm over that big jump uh, since the beginning of the pandemic well today new stats can numbers released are yet more proof they show that 3360 hate crimes were reported by police last year that represents a 27 percent increase compared with 2020 and overall since the beginning of the pandemic a 72 percent jump that's an astounding number 72 percent jump over the span of two years in reported hate crimes. Uh, the first year of the pandemic saw the highest number of police-reported hate crimes since StatsCan began tracking them back in 2009. Higher numbers of hate-motivated crimes targeting religion, sexual orientation, and race or ethnicity accounted for the majority of the increase. So we've seen a huge uh, jump there. Uh, we're waiting on Mohammed Hashim. He's the executive director of the Canadian Race Relations, uh, Canadian, Canada Race Relations. Uh, it's a crown corporation. He's going to join us to talk a bit about what they see there uh, when he does. We'll get to that. Uh, but they've made some interesting uh, recommendations uh, coming out of this because they did put out a press release this morning. Uh, they've been talking about, uh, they've been doing their own work, actually, their own survey uh, that they're going to release the full data of a little later in the summer. But uh, they've reacted today to this big increase uh, with, um, first of all, with presenting some of their own work that they've done uh, through PricewaterhouseCoopers. And one of the things they found that was really interesting, and this really comes as no surprise, is that one of the big problems that we're facing in this country is not just a big spike in hate crimes, but that many of the victims have nowhere to turn to for support. Uh, they say there are major gaps and inconsistencies in the services available uh, to victims. So they put out this report called Reimagining a Path to Support All Canadians, a review of services for victims of hate in this country. And it really is an interesting look at uh, what exactly we should be doing to try to support uh, victims of hate crimes in this country. One of the big issues here, of course, is that like like sexual assaults, most hate crimes go unreported. Uh, some 80% go unreported, apparently. Uh, but those that do, and even those that don't, one of the big gaps that we have in Canada these days is we simply don't have enough resources for those who are victims of hate crimes. We obviously talk about the ones uh, that are more high profile. Certainly we talk about those, but for all the other ones, and they can be, I mean, we've spoken to guests on the show who've been the victims of hate crimes, both here in BC and in other parts of the country. And uh, Mohammed Hashim is with us now. He joins us. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was just about to uh, to give up what you had been asking for. I know that you released uh, put out a press release today in conjunction with these new numbers out. I guess just first off, often statistics can be a little, uh, you know, they, they tell one story. They don't often tell the whole story. Uh, what story did you see in these new stats out today? I think, I mean, they're indicative of a trend that we see is, is growing. And that hate, hate in Canada as a whole is increasing. That's, there's no doubt about that. I think the statistics prove that one way or the other. There's lots to say. You're absolutely right about the statistics saying one story, but uh, I think Stats Canada also, I mean, I know Stats Canada has also previously said that 80% of hate incidences or hate crimes aren't reported to the police. So what you see here is, is honestly like a small fraction of what is indicative of 
tell them that it goes far beyond the numbers that we see over here. Yeah, I mean, um, you've asked, I mean, one of the things that I found interesting about the work that you're doing with PricewaterhouseCoopers, and it, it, it is intuitive that one of the big problems that people who are victims of hate crimes in this country face is they simply have nowhere to turn to. Uh, what did you find on that front, and what would you like to see done? Honestly, it's, it's the truth, man. Like, you know, when something happens to somebody, if they don't have, um, I mean, honestly, if you speak to anybody who's gone through human rights complaints or taken, you know, a workplace issue to a tribunal, you know, by the time you get a resolve out of any of that, it could take, you know, years. And the same thing is done for case time investigations and trials and whatnot. But the journey itself is really difficult. Right. I'm just going to stop you for a second. You're moving around a bit. I'm just going to have to stop you for a second. If you, uh, I'm not quite hearing you. If we could, I'm speaking with Mohammed Hashim. He's the executive director of the Canadian Race Relations Foundation. I'll just let him get his phone uh, set up again for a second here, and we'll we'll go back because they made some interesting recommendations about what they'd like to see Ottawa do in terms of investing more money to try to make sure there are resources there to deal with this problem. Uh, Mohammed, what? What what uh, what have you, what are you recommending that Ottawa do? I, you're definitely asking for some more funding because clearly there's a funding gap there as well. Yeah, uh, primarily it's because like people who uh, have been victims of hate have nowhere to go, so they need somebody to be able to help them assist, either report the crime to the police or help them with mental health supports or help them understand the implications of what has happened to them, but also help them. I, I actually believe what they're saying and assist them through the, uh, the system right now. Because the system is incredibly complex and it's complicated to be able to find justice or to be even to get any support to deal with the trauma that is left from being a victim of hate. So what we're asking for is for you know funding so that community organizations can provide you know culturally sensitive, geographically appropriate supports and, and support workers who can help victims of hate you know, administer theirs of the support that they need throughout the system. And that's so really missing. For, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You're asking and, for $44 and, million. Yep. Yeah, we're, and we base that based on the German model. We see in Germany there's a number of organizations that support victims of hate directly. And we thought this is like we looked at the system that they've created over there um, and we've seen the gaps that we've we have seen over here as well. And we figure that the best way to be able to deal with this is to be able to provide victims of hate support. So what we've looked at is honestly like we looked at what is like what are the different services that are being provided across the world? And we've picked up the best examples and we said this is how we think we need to evolve this, the support network around uh, administering hate here in Canada so that it's, we're not just focusing on numbers every year. And to be frank, whenever we get these numbers, it's always an increase and that we will perpetually see an increase because we know that the level of hate is growing, but also that more people are reporting, that more police practices, uh, more police units have have you know police jurisdictions have hate crimes units they're getting better at understanding hate so all these things are increasing the reporting numbers but what is missing is that we need to focus on victims directly and i think that's where we're going to find the best solutions to deal with hate i have a few minutes left um what would that look like on the ground would that be sort of a, a, re, a network of, of places where people who are victims of hate crimes could go and sort of show up and be provided with services and advice on how to either report not report deal with the the fallout uh dealing with work all, there's all kinds of obviously implications to being the victims of a hate crime 
Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think that, um, and, and that's the type of support that is missing over here. And we've seen that work really well in other jurisdictions that we think that that's what we need to invest on. But as, but as you said, you know, like, like hate crimes is, is a really complex topic. And my apologies for being so late to this interview. I, 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 I was having some technical difficulties there. But I wanted to be able to say that, you know, beyond thoughts and prayers and condolences, like we need to be able to start, you know, actually changing the system so that we can help individual people. Um, policies that are going to support victims are going to be helpful. Learning from what works and what doesn't work directly from supporting victims will help us create a system that's responsive to them and not just talking about, you know, like large policies that are going to have like large swaths of implications on whatever it might be. But this is where when the, when the rubber hits the ground, we just need to be able to show up for people. Mohamed Hashim, I know you're releasing the rest of that data in your report with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers in late, later this month. So we'll have you back on. We'll talk about it again. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>